We've been speaking the last few days about the Yitzhah Hara that comes to a person who is not interested in joining the Yitzhah Hara in his place. We said the Yitzhah Hara comes to your place. And the different examples that we gave in summary is that the Yetzirah, even for a person who is doing good things, will make the person feel satisfied with being an average person. It'll give the person the impression that as long as you're average and you're doing some good things, so you're good enough. You don't have to strive for more. You don't have to become perfect. So much so that the conversation yesterday shocked a lot of people when we spoke about the awesome goal of becoming a perfect, an ishalem of perfecting ourselves or to rise closer and closer to perfection. A lot of people got shocked. What does that mean, perfection? What does that mean, rising in perfection? But this is all part of the Yetzirah. You have to know. The reason why we don't think this way is because the Yetzirah has us very good. He's convinced us that as long as we're doing some good things in our lives, and we are, thank God, doing a lot of good things, we don't have to strive for even more and more and more. When it comes to money, it's not like that. When it comes to money, people don't say, well, I'm doing okay, so it's enough. I don't have to uh, look for more. It's not like that. But the Yetzirah works very hard to even be with us when we're doing good. That the good should be limited. That we shouldn't strive for something greater. In reality, a human being, even though it's hard to imagine... For us, perhaps, but a human being is supposed to develop himself to become a real, real malach, not an angel in the sense of spiritual angel, but a person is supposed to be come in ish shalem. Hashem told Abraham Avinu, tamim." I want you to study who I am. Hashem says to Abraham. Study me and be complete. That's what we're here for. We're here to achieve a level of shlemut. Again, a person doesn't reach full shlemut. He almost gets to shlemut. He gets higher in shlemut. Of course, every step is valuable. But the point is that a person should never feel that he's done because he's doing a lot of good. You should feel good about what you accomplish. No question about that. Also, to make you feel like you're not doing anything. It's also not good. You have to feel accomplished in what you are doing. But you should not feel satisfied. There's a difference between feeling accomplished and feeling satisfied. Feeling unaccomplished means you don't see value in what you're doing. That's horrible. That's the Yetzirah telling you you're a zero. What you do means nothing. You don't, what your actions don't matter. You're not doing much anyway. That's not a good thing. 
Feeling accomplished is a very important part of growth. But feeling satisfied is the opposite of growth. When you feel satisfied and you feel, you know, this is who I am, this is what I do, I feel I'm satisfied, that's not a good thing. That's the Yetzirah making you feel like you're doing enough and you're not doing enough. There's always more to grow, for sure for us. When we reach the level of Moshe Rabbeinu, we'll talk about it. But right now, for everybody here, we don't have to dream that high to understand what more we can do. There's plenty of things very close to us that we can elevate ourselves to. We find, actually, that this is one of the messages in the Torah. If you open up to Parashat Beha'alotecha, give you an example of how this attitude was pronounced by the Torah. The attitude of, I'm not satisfied. We see in the beginning of Parashat Beha'alotecha, the Pasuk says that Aharon HaKohen Daber El Aharon Hashem says speak to Aharon and tell him that he should light the menorah in the Mishkan. So Rashi Alava Shalom asked a question. The end of Parashat Naso right before Be'alotecha is the parasha of the Nesim. The Nesim were the leaders of Am Yisrael that brought gifts to the inauguration of the Mishkan. Each leader of the tribe brought a gift. And we know the long parasha in the Torah that, I, that says each one what they brought, they brought identical gifts. That's the parasha of the Nesim. That was the end of Parashat Naso. What happens after Parashat Naso? Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, go tell Aharon to light the menorah. Rashi says, what's the connection between the gift of the Nesim and the lighting of the menorah? The halachot of the Mishkan were in Sefer Shemot, were already in Bamidbar. Why is this being brought now? Says Rashi, Allah Shalom, Lefi, Kesheraa Aharon, when Aharon saw when he saw all the leaders of the tribes bringing the korbanot or bringing the gifts to the Mishkan in honor of the inauguration and he wasn't a part of it. Halshadato means he felt weak, meaning he felt missing. He felt like he wasn't part of something that others were able to have the merit. There were 12 leaders of 12 tribes that had the merit of going to the Mishkan and giving gifts. And he wasn't one of those people and his tribe wasn't one of the tribes. He felt like he missed out. You know how people feel? What they call it? They have a FOMO. There you go. FOMO. Fear of missing. What is FOMO? FOMO is a person who feels like they're missing out and it bothers them. 
They get upset about it. They get down about it. Now, this feeling was created for a very, very holy purpose. Not a good thing. When people have FOMO, it's a lot of pain. And it causes them to do a lot of silly things and a lot of hurtful things. People do a lot of damaging acts because they have this fear. Sometimes they get themselves in financial trouble because of this fear. Sometimes they get themselves socially in the wrong place because of this fear. And many other things. But this feeling of missing out is a God-given feeling. Hashem created this feeling that when a person feels like they're missing, they feel something wrong. It's called halshadato. You feel that you're weak. You feel something lacking in your life. And you need to fill that hole that you're missing. That feeling that we all, all humans, have that feeling of FOMO. It's not something that was created in America in the year 2000. It's something that, it's part of the human reality. When something is going on and you're not there or you're not a part of it, you feel like you're lacking. You feel that you're missing something. Even if there's nothing necessarily going on, you feel that way. Why did Hashem create this feeling? For what reason? Do we all have it? We didn't learn it from somebody. We have it instinctive, instinctively. Why do we have FOMO? Answer is, because you're supposed to have FOMO for the right things. You're supposed to feel like you're missing out when you see somebody learning more than you. Guys learning more than you. And you're not there. You're supposed to feel like you're missing out. The guy's praying Amidah better than yours. You should feel like you're missing out. The guy's doing mitzvot better than you. You should feel like you're missing out. That feeling of feeling like you're missing out is a very important part of our growth in life. Because so much do we get when we realize how much more we can be. And so often when we see people doing more than us, we re or we learn about them, we realize, you know something? I'm good, but I'm not good enough. I do good things, but I could do much more. There's so much more to shlemut. There's so much more to my filling up to complete myself. I'm nowhere near where I should be. But again, the Yetzirah is very powerful. He takes your FOMO, this awesome feeling, this feeling that brings you to become greater and greater by the day and not to feel satisfied. That's a great feeling. Again, to feel accomplished, yes. To feel satisfied, no. Very different things. You could feel accomplished, but I'm still hungry. You know who was hungry, by the way? Moshe Rabbeinu. It says by Moshe Rabbeinu, on him, the Pasuk says, Ohev Kesef, those who love money, we know a lot of those people. Can you raise your hand? Ohev Kesef, Lo Yisba Kesef. A guy who loves money, he's never satisfied with the money he has. Shalomo Amelach is not just telling you 
what happens to a guy who loves money. He's also telling you a siman. How do you know if you love money? How do you know if you love money? Do I love money? Answer is, because you're never satisfied. When I see someone who's not satisfied with something, I know he loves it. When I see a person who's not satisfied with money, he wants more and more and more and more and more, I know he loves money. Shlomo HaMelech is giving you a siman of how to measure when you love something and you appreciate something. When you are not able to be satiated with money, me, the more you make, the more you want, and the more you want, and the more you want, ah, that guy loves money. How do I know? Because you always want more. Says Shalomu HaMelech, that this Hazal tell us, it's a mashal for Moshe Rabbeinu. How much did Moshe Rabbeinu accomplish in his life? Well, think about it. The greatest man that ever lived. He, he took us out of Mitzrayim. He gave us the Torah and Ar-Sinai. 40 years in the desert. Teaching Torah. Learning Torah. The most pure Torah. Straight from God. I mean, Moshe Rabbeinu is the ultimate person of Shlemut. Can't get better than that. Pasuk says... The Pasuk says that when Am Yisrael was leaving Mitzrayim, look at these words. When Paro sent our nation out of Egypt, what a, what a moment that was. After a year of plagues, we still didn't get to the splitting of the sea. This is the story right before. Now we're out of Egypt. They're in the desert. Derech, Amidbar, Yamsuf. Pasuk says, out of nowhere. We're talking now about the exodus of Am Yisrael from Mitzrayim. And their trip to go to Eretz Yisrael. Or first to get the Torah and then to Eretz Yisrael. That's really what's supposed to happen. They left Mitzrayim, Kiryat Yamsuf, Matan Torah, Erez Israel. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, a pasuk almost like in parentheses. Vayikah Moshe et atzmot Yosef Eimo. And Moshe took the bones of Yosef with him. Because ki Israel Yosef before he passed away, he made Am Israel swear that he should they should take his bones from Egypt into Eretz Israel. Yosef is buried in Shechem. The big question over here is why is Moshe Rabenu the one that's carrying the bones? Where's everybody else? Only Moshe Rabbeinu is the guy who has to go find, you know, carrying bone, the, the bones. Is that something that, that, a, that a leader does? He goes to go and uh, <clears throat> carries bones of a, of a dead body. Hazal tell us that they were all busy. What were they busy doing? They were counting their money. They got a lot of, uh, they got a lot of spoils. 
from Mitzrayim, like Hashem promised, Am Yisrael, that they would walk out with Rechush Gadol. They would walk out with a lot of wealth. You could imagine, you have a nation of slaves. All of a sudden, overnight, they made it wealth, money. They can't imagine what just happened to them. So they're all counting the money. They're trying to see how they're going to invest it. They're already thinking about all their retirement plans. I mean, they have when you have money, it occupies you. You have, you have, you have, you have to know what you're doing with that money. Moshe Rabbeinu, instead of counting his money, he goes and does a mitzvah. How come Moshe Rabbeinu is not counting money like them? Why is he going to take the bones of Yosef? The answer is, Ohef Kesef, Lo Yisba Kesef. Because a person who loves something is never satisfied. What does Moshe Rabbeinu love? He loves Shlemut. He loves opportunities to do more mitzvot. Opportunities to raise his neshama. Both of them were practicing Ohev Kesef, Lois Kesef. Just one was doing it with money and one was doing it with mitzvot. Moshe Rabbeinu, now think about Moshe Rabbeinu, this man needs more. Isn't he like the top of the top? Answer is, nobody could appreciate Shlemut more than people who are, keep rising in it. The people who don't appreciate growth are the people who are not growing. It's an interesting thing. The people who are growing, they appreciate, wow, another step, another step, another step. A guy who doesn't appreciate growth, it's because he's not growing himself. When you're not growing, you don't see anything. You don't feel like you're missing out on anything. But a person who builds himself constantly sees more and more. You would think that everybody else would jump to do this mitzvah. And Moshe Rabbeinu has so many mitzvot, he could relax and count the money. That's, what that's logic, what would say. Logic would say Moshe Rabbeinu is a very accomplished man. So therefore, he can now have a few hours to count his money. And the rest of the people who need more mitzvot, they're going to go and grab this mitzvah. That is what logic would say. But it's not the reality. The reality is that the people who run after more are the people who are hungry for more when it comes to accomplishments in life. And that's why it says by Moshe Rabbeinu, when they crossed, now it's 40 years later. They crossed, or they're crossing, right? It's almost going to Eres Israel. It's almost time, and Moshe Rabbeinu is not going across the Jordan, as you know. But they already have area across the Jordan where he is that's going to be part of Eretz Israel that were given to Bnei Gad and Bnei Reuven. Those Shivatim wanted land across the Jordan and Hashem granted it to them. The Pasuk says, 
that Moshe Rabbeinu before he passed away, as Yavdil Moshe Shalosh Arim. Moshe Rabbeinu, the six Arem Miklat, six main Arem Miklat. Arem Miklat are cities of refuge. These are cities where people who are not careful with others' lives and they kill somebody, they go there. There's six cities of refuge, three in Eretz Israel, and three across the Jordan River. The halacha says that these cities are not effective. They, at the end of the day, a person who, who kills and runs there is protected. Nobody's allowed to touch him. But those cities are not in effect Halakha says, until all six are in effect. Which means when they go and they announce this city and they prepare the city, this is going to be a city of refuge, nothing happens. They have to go to the second, to the third, to the fourth, to the fifth, to the sixth. When they have all six, then all of them can start to work. But having five out of six... Doesn't do anything yet. So now Moshe Rabbeinu is on the other side of the Jordan. They have to separate in that side three cities. When they separate the three cities, what happens? Nothing. Zero. Until they cross the Jordan and they choose and figure out the other three cities. Who is the one that goes and designates the cities on the other side of the Jordan... Moshe Rabbeinu, as Yavdil Moshe, Moshe says, wait, hold on, I have a mitzvah over here, even though it's not going to be effective, but you know what? I can start the preparations. Let me go and designate the cities on this side of the Jordan, again, even though they're not going to be effective. But Moshe Rabbeinu, even for a small level, a small accomplishment, he is working to do more in his life. This is the story of Aharon HaKohen. When Aharon, that's called missing out. FOMO, fear of missing out, is a creation of Hashem that was given to us for a holy purpose. It's in order to feel missing out when we see opportunities that we're not taking advantage of. Either we see it through our own wisdom or we see other people doing things. You have, you come at night over here, full of people learning. Do you have fear of missing out? For some people, maybe. For others, no, not really. So how come? How come you don't uh, have fear of missing out he said no I come in the morning already come in the morning yeah but you can come at night also why don't you want to come at night also so for that feeling of missing out you have to be a person who is interested in growth and interested in shlemut when you're a person who is interested in shlemut whenever you see someone doing something more than you you fear that you're not doing enough. 
and you want to be involved. How come I don't do that? But if you're not on that path, right? So then you, what, what, whatever you feel, take this as an example for life and don't get upset. But wherever you feel missing out, it shows what you really care about in life. Whatever you feel missing out on, that's a sign of what you really care about. So if people are learning and you're not involved and you don't care, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just means that's not what drives you. It may be part of your life, but you're not driven by that. But let's say they're having a party and you can't be there and you're going crazy. Oh, that means the most important thing or up there as one of the most important is your social status. That's what that means. If you're missing out on a game and you're going crazy, so it means that this is something very important to you. If you're missing out on making money and you're going crazy, it's because it's very important to you. Wherever you feel, it's a good sign now, take it for life. Whenever you feel like you're missing out, that's an indicator of what's most important to you in life. And that will help you understand yourself better. Sometimes we don't even understand who we are. We don't really, oh, is that important to you? Ask a guy, is, uh, you know, friends and social life important to you? Nah, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Don't, don't. Yeah, exactly. Don't. Who cares? People love to talk, uh, you know, a very confident game. But in, re in reality, you get them and you get yourself. Get them. We're not trying to get anybody. We're trying to get ourselves. How do you know who you are? Wherever you feel like you're missing out, that's who you are. And by Aharon Kohen, when he sees all the leaders bringing a gift to the Mishkan, he sees, imagine a guy, sees everyone giving charity. They're giving big checks. What happens to that guy if he wasn't by the event and he wasn't a part of giving charity to something that was substantial, something that was meaningful? He heard that people were giving out big money and thank God he wasn't there. Yes? How many times have you heard that? Yeah, thank God. I, I, didn't, I didn't go. Right? One second. Thank God you weren't there. If you had FOMO for that and say, oh, I wish I was there. I wish also I could have given. Or maybe I could still give. That shows that giving charity is in your blood. But if your feeling is like, okay, I didn't go. I heard it was great. I didn't go. And you don't, you don't feel anything. It shows, doesn't show again that you're a bad person. It just shows that that's not what drives you. Because what drives you will make you feel like you're missing out. So now you have 12 leaders of the Jewish people representing their tribe, coming to give this beautiful assortment of gifts to the Mishkan. 
Aaron Cohen wasn't chosen. So me and you might have said, one less headache, less money that you have to spend. What is Aaron Cohen feeling? Halshadato. Halshadato means he felt FOMO. He felt like he was missing. He says, why don't I get a chance to give a gift? How could that be? Hashem tells him, Hashem tells him, Amar lo HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hayecha means Hashem is telling him a promise Shelcha Gedola Meshelahem I'm going to give you something greater than what they did. Sheata Madlik Umeti Vetanerot You're going to get something bigger than giving a gift to the Mishkan like they gave. You're going to get the chance to light the Nerot every day in the Mishkan. Yours going to be greater. If you read the story of the Torah, you see clearly how Hashem behaves with us. This was set up by Hashem. He basically left out Aaron because he wanted to see what Aaron will say. Hashem will sometimes leave you out of great opportunities that other people might have and you won't have it. And the question is going to be, how are you going to feel when you weren't there? If Aaron Cohen doesn't feel anything, then he never gets an opportunity to light the Nerot daily. What earned him this unbelievable elevation to light the Nerot every day was a huge mitzvah. It was a huge accomplishment. What earned him the opportunity to light the Nerot every day? Because he had FOMO on the other mitzvah. Which means Hashem sometimes will let you see people doing things that you're not doing. Maybe you'll see it in a video. Maybe you'll hear about it. Maybe you happen to be in shul for a wedding. And all of a sudden you see people there learning. Maybe you'll hear about someone who did something unbelievable with his money. Maybe you'll hear about somebody who took, took a great step in his, in his tefillah. A person who he changed the way he raises his children. Maybe a person who changes the tzenyot, the way they approach. You'll hear stories. You'll open a magazine about a great person and you'll hear, you see an unbelievable story. You have to know when you hear things about what people accomplish or you happen to see it, this is something that Hashem has sent into your life and He wants to see what's going to be your reaction. When you see people doing something you don't do, do you look at it and say, oh wow, good for them? Or do you say, oh, how come I don't do that? And maybe you can't do it, but that's not the point. Aaron couldn't do it, but he still felt, why can't I do that? I felt, why can't I be more? Why can't I spend more time doing what, I, what they're doing? Hashem will put people in that situation to see how much they desire growth. How much do you desire shlemut? He will put you in a situation to see others and you're not a part of it. 
and your reaction will determine where you are. Aharon Cohen's reaction is, he felt terrible. He felt terrible. He felt like he was missing out. Now again, he told Aharon Cohen. Aharon Cohen has plenty of things to be proud of. Plenty of accomplishments. He's the Cohen Gadol chosen by God himself. Moshe Aharon Cohen is the great leader of Am Yisrael. But when he didn't have a chance to bring one gift, he felt something missing. Hashem says, oh, you passed the test. I put you in that situation to see if you're going to feel that you're missing something. And you were. You felt that way. That shows what you really want in your life. I'm going to give you something even greater than that. This is the way Hashem leads us in life. He leads us in life to remind us who we really are and what we really want. We have another example of that. Well, this will finish for today. Another example in that same parasha when they had the Korban Pesach there were people on Pesach, we don't have a Korban today, in the days of the Bet Migdash and the Mishkan, they had a Korban Pesach, which means when they ate, they didn't just have Matzah and Maror, they also had a barbecue, a barbecue of a Korban called the Korban Pesach, that they brought and they ate it with Al Matzot Umrorim Yochluhu, Matzot Umrorim Matzah maror yochluhu. What's yochluhu? The korban pesa. That was the main item. The korban pesa is the main item of the seder. So the halacha says that people who are tameh, people who are not pure spiritually, they touch the dead body or they cannot be part of the Korban Pesach. To be part of the Korban Pesach, you have to be a Tahor. You have to go to the Mikveh, you have to have sprinkled the Paraduma. You got to do it only for people who are Tahor. So by in the desert, when they were making a Korban Pesach, there were people, by he Anashim, is the first Korban Pesach in the desert. It says there were people that were Tameh. Lenefesh Adam. There were people who were Tameh. And obviously if they're Tameh, they can't bring Korban Pesach. It's not their fault. They did a mitzvah. They went to bury somebody. They're on the Hebra Kaddisha. Someone passed away. They went and they did a mitzvah burying the dead. Happened to be right before the Pesach, by the time Pesach comes, they're Tamir. What should they do? They did nothing wrong. So what happens now? What happens when you're supposed to bring Korban Pesach and you can't? Okay. They say, there's halacha. Anus, someone who can't do something. Hashem, Patre. He exempts him. If he can't do it, he can't do it. What are you supposed to do? If a person doesn't have law alenu and um, he can't put on tefillin. But what about tefillin? He can't do it. Can't put on tefillin if you have no um. 
Sometimes in life a person is anus. He can't do it. So these people were anus. They couldn't do it. Look what they did. They went to Moshe Rabbeinu and Aharon on that day. And they said, These men said to him, We are Tameh. We touched a dead body. They buried somebody. Why should we be lacking? Lacking? Why are they lacking? They don't have to do it. Why are they called lacking? Lama nigara. Why should we be lacking? Lebilti hakribet korban Adonai bemoadob betoch bnei Israel. Why shouldn't we bring a korban pesach? Moshe Rabbeinu says, "What are you? You're patur. You're exempt. You don't have to bring it." I know, but it's still an opportunity missed. Why are we lacking? Vayomer alehem Moshe. Moshe says to them, "Aimdu veeshmea." Stand up and let me hear. What Hashem will command for you. And in fact, in fact, He told them, you know what? Because you asked, Pesach Sheni. Hashem gave them a makeup a month later that they could bring Korban Pesach. Now notice, He didn't tell them right away He had a makeup. Hashem didn't tell him right away. By the way, if you miss, when he gave the laws of Korban Pesach, he didn't say, if you don't have the ability to bring Korban Pesach, don't worry, there's a makeup. He doesn't say that. Moshe Rabbeinu told them, this Korban Pesach, you're Tameh, you can't bring Korban Pesach, period. These people said, wait, hold on. Hashem wanted to see if they had FOMO, for the right things. He wanted to see if they felt bad that they too weren't able. Again, they're exempt. They don't have to do it. But how would they feel when they felt that they were missing out? That shows what they wanted. It shows who they are. And for people who want, Hashem gives. If you want more in your life, Hashem will give you opportunities to do more. Don't have any doubt about that. You should know so much is riding on our desire for greatness. When you have a desire for greatness, Hashem will give you the opportunities. You'll never imagine how Hashem could work miracles and put you in the right place with the right people in the right time and all of a sudden you're learning and all of a sudden you're doing, oh, well, how will this happen? Answer is, when you have a ratzom, when you have a desire to upgrade your life, Hashem will help you. And sometimes Hashem will bring out that desire by having you feel like you're missing out. When you feel like you're missing out, all of a sudden, now, do you feel hungry? Do you feel bad? If you feel bad, you pass the test of the desire for greatness, for more, and now Hashem will give you. This parasha of Pesach Sheni, of the second Pesach, is part of the Torah. Really, Moshe should have taught this. 
Moshe should have taught it. She says, Moshe should have taught it. But, Zachu, they had the merit, these people. Sheteamer al yedehen. That forever when we learn Ilchot Pesach, forever, when we learn Ilchot Pesach, and Pesach Sheni comes up, you know whose Zechut that is? They're still getting points up there because the parasha was coming through them. When I teach somebody, I get a Zechut for whatever he does. When Moshe Rabbeinu gave us the Torah, Torah Tzivalanu Moshe, Moshe gets zechut for all the Torah that we learn. He taught it to us. When we learn the halachot of Pesach Sheni, who gets the zechut? Not Moshe Rabbeinu. These, these men. Hashem gave them a zechut. Not just to do Korban Pesach, but all future Korban Pesach and all the learning of Korban Pesach will come through them. Why? Because they had the FOMO. They had, they were missing out when they were bringing Korban Pesach. So bottom line is, how do you know when you love Shlemut, when you love to be higher and higher and higher, how do you know if that love exists in you? When you see people doing things that you're not doing and maybe even you can't do, and you feel like, why can't I do that? Why can't I be that? Why can't I have this kind of family? Why can't I raise that kind of child? Why can't I give that much charity? Why can't I dedicate myself this much? Why can't I pray like that? Wait, why can't my Shabbat be like that? Why can't my Shabbat be like that? Why can't my girls look like that? Whenever you see something, we see we're not living in a, in a cocoon. We see so much around us. When you see things around you that are more than you, that are better than you, what is your feeling when you're feeling FOMO? You feel like you're missing out? Now you know you have an ahava. Your ohev kesef lo isba kesef. You must have a desire for growth. And if you don't feel FOMO, you have to go figure out how to get a greater desire to become a greater person. You obviously don't have enough that's driving you to become the great person that you could become. I'll just end up by telling you there's a halakha on the holidays, very interesting halakha, by Shavuot, by Pesach, Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot. There's a discussion amongst the Tanaim what is the best way to celebrate the holiday? We're not going to go depth into it, just very simple. Some say, some say that if you want to eat all day on the holiday, if that's how you enjoy the holiday, you want to sit and eat all day, eat. You want to learn all day, learn all day, don't eat. Up to you. Follow? One opinion says it's up to you. If you're a person who likes food and you want to eat all day, tfadal. If you're a person who enjoys learning, you want to learn all day, so learn all day. You don't have to eat. One opinion says no. You have to do a little of this, a little of that. You can't, you can't eat all day or learn all day. You have to do Hetzi Lashem, Hetzi Lachem. Learn 
eat, give each one its due. Give your neshama what it needs. Give your goof, your body what it needs. You got to be fair to both. You can't just pick all day this and all day that. Good? Now, says the Gemara, this mahloket is on Pesach. It's a mahloket on Sukkot. What about Shavuot? Says the Gemara on Shavuot, they all agree. All the opinions agree. Shavuot, they all agree. There's no mahloket. Again, on Pesach and on Sukkot, they argue. Can you learn all day? One says yes. One says no. You got to do learning and you got to do eating. But on Shavuot, they all agree. Now, everybody probably imagines, I would have imagined, if Shavuot, which is the holiday of Matan Torah, should they all agree? Which side do they agree on? Obviously, they agree that on Shavuot, you want to learn all day, learn all day. Says the one, no, no. On Shavuot, they all agree that you have to eat. Even the rabbi who said, no, not all day. Hetzi, hetzi. Even the rabbi who says you want to learn on Pesach all day, you could learn. Don't eat. You want to learn on Sukkot all day, don't eat. That rabbi, when it comes to Shavuot, he says, no, no, you have to eat. Sorry. You have to eat and you have to learn. You can't learn all day on Shavuot. What are you talking about? Shavuot is the day of Matan Torah. That's the day where we receive the Torah. What better day is there to learn all day? Why would you say that day? Everybody agrees. Even the rabbi who says you can learn all day, but not on Shavuot. Why? Because on Shavuot, Rashi says, you know why you have to eat on Shavuot? Leharot. To show. Shenoah. At this day is a day that is so much appreciated by the Jewish people, by you. Which means that you must go out of your way on Shavuot to show how much you appreciate the opportunity of the Torah. You do that by eating, by enjoying. You show, just like by a wedding, you can't have a wedding without food. When you have a brit milah, you have a great mitzvah, you bring food. This event of Matan Torah that gives us the ability to become great people, to raise us, to become godly people, we must on Shavuot take a minute and enjoy physically to show how awesome this day of Shavuot is. How lucky we are that we have the Torah. How do you show how lucky you are that you have the Torah? You make a great meal. You bring a great se'udah. Whenever you have something that you want to show how, how happy you are, you bring a se'udah along with it. This, the, the, the day of Shavuot can't be celebrated just by learning the Torah. You have to show how much you love the Torah by making a special se'udah, which means... If a rabbi would come to you and say, I want to learn all day Shavuot. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome. But showing how much you love perfection and showing how much you love what the Torah does for you on Shavuot is even greater than that. It's actually greater than learning, which means a lot of the things that we're not doing in our lives is because we're missing the appreciation. We're missing the appreciation and the love of what it is that Torah does for us.
So on Shavuot, we must take that moment and show how much we love it. Forget learning it for now. You have to show how much you appreciate it. When we appreciate it, we'll want more of it. And when we see others that do it, we'll feel missing out that we're not doing enough. This is the way of the great people in our history and even in today. If you're hungry for something, if you feel like you're missing out for something, again, maybe you can't do it. It's fine. But if you don't feel like you're missing out, it shows you don't appreciate it enough. You have to have a better meal on Shavuot. You have to really enjoy your Shavuot better. You're not appreciating Matan Torah the way you're supposed to. But if you feel yourself missing out, why can't I have that? Why can't I do that? Why can't I be that? Then you know there is a love inside of you for the Torah and what it could do for you. Baruch Allah, Amen